We are New Life Community Church in Rogers Park. A community church in the city of Chicago, all over the city, for the good of the city. Right now, we are starting our series on fasting and praying. A look at how to fast and how God moves when we fast and pray. Wherever you're listening, I hope you are blessed by this message. Courtney, you are the brave few that have basically risked their all to get here, whether it was COVID or the weather, ice that was trying to destroy us. How many, like, slid their way into the building? <laughs> so I walked in and I'm like, oh man, we're going to have some, like, casualties today. So I'm glad you're all here safe. Um, and welcome. Brennan said, new year, new look. Thanks, we're just facing a different wall, right? <laughs> uh, today, I get to talk about you some talk talk about you. I get to talk with you about something really, really awesome. And it's even better than cat videos. It's even better than payday. It's even better than the new Spider-Man movie, which I've not seen, but I heard it's like the greatest thing that ever came on the earth. Um, and I probably won't see it. No offense to anybody. Oh, <laughs> Corey, Corey just quit the elder team. Uh, no, I'm going to talk about something that you're going to love. You're going to love it. Everyone say, I'm going to love it. Yes, you are. Turn to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6, verse 16. And you will see what you will love. When you get there, Matthew chapter 6, verse 16. Does anybody know what it is? Fasting! Yes! Who doesn't love them some fasting? I mean, say for instance, when the doctor says you can't eat anything for 24 hours before like a procedure or something, who's like, yes! 24 hours without food! Or if you have to give blood, they're like, only water for six hours. Thank you! Thank you for this extra blessing in my life, right? That's how we think about fasting, am I right? Yeah. 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 (laughs) No way. No way. Most of us, if the doctor tells us we can't even eat for 15 minutes before our procedure, we're smuggling Cheez-Its in, in our bag, right? You go to the movie theaters, it's a two-hour movie, to your Spider-Man movie, and you can't afford the $35 box of gummies. So instead, you're smuggling in chicken wings to be able to eat because you can't wait two hours without eating, right? Anyone? That's just me. Me and Rick. Or, you know, you can't even, like, fasting, fasting is more than food. You can't even go uh, without your phone for that long. How many of you have, like, a... Uh, a niece or a nephew or someone, a, a great friend of yours that put in the wrong code so many times they locked your phone out. You ever had that happen? It's like wrong code, wrong code. <laughs> I think I might have done it to Joe a few times. Uh, wrong code and then you're locked out for 10 minutes, right? And it feels like 10 years. What if someone commented on a photo of mine? What if, what if I got some likes on that latest post that is so meaningful? That's how we are, right? We cannot go without. Does that resonate with everyone? 
That, you know, it's true in the Bible, too. In the Bible, when we read the word fasting, it's like we have an automatic filter where we skip over it. You do not like to read the word fasting. That's something that a lot of the times you miss. You feel like, man, I do not want to read that. And actually, I feel like it's not even like we want it to be invisible. It just is. We don't even see it, right? But there, you know, it must be like a cultural thing because... I feel like in the last couple hundred years, all the pastors in the U.S. got together and they decided, you know, let's just go without this fasting thing, right? And, you know, everybody's like, I'm good with that, right? And so they went without it. And so it seems like in the West, in the U.S., we have decided that fasting does not need to be a part of the Christian life. It seems to be the common kind of uh, uh, understanding. Because if you go to China where our brothers and sisters are, fasting is a regular part of their Christian experience, right? You go to Africa or South America, fasting is a regular part of how these people seek Jesus. But if you are in the USA, there is no way that you will be fasting. I trying to find a rhyme for that. Uh, you know, instead we practice potlucking. That's what we do, right? You, you replace that word with pot. Ooh, we are getting some volume. Messing with me. No, there we're we just, go. We're just Thank trying you, to get it up. <laughs> he didn't like me talking about fasting. So. No, that was it. I was actually going to shut you off. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of fasting, we love to fill it with more food, right? You read the scripture that says they couldn't cast out the demons. Jesus said, this kind only comes out through prayer and potlucking, right? That's, that's how we like to read those verses, right? That's how, in America, we love to eat. What is more un American than fasting? Can I get an amen? <laughs> yes, he agrees, right? So most things, you know, in, in our culture, American culture, have bled into the church, including this one, I think. And so most of us don't talk about fasting. We don't know what biblical fasting is. We don't even really know how to practice it. So I'm going to help today. I aim to help. I want to help us start with this verse. It's Matthew chapter 6, verse 16 that Jesus is talking about. Let's read this together. Would you read this out loud with me? When you fast, stop right there. Do y'all read that with me? Let's do it one more time. When you fast, okay. Is it just me? Is everybody reading that? When you fast, right? Let me check. I was checking. I'm like, is this just this translation? Maybe there's other translations. Pull up the other translations real quick there, Benjamin. Next slide. There we go. Here's some different translations of this exact verse. I was checking it. NIV, when you fast. NLT, and when you fast. ESV, and when you fast. The BSV, when you fast. And my favorite, KJV, moreover, when ye fast. Right? It seems like it's exactly the same wording, no matter what translation it goes with. Does anyone hear an if you fast? <laughs> I don't see an if you fast in there. What does the Bible say? By the way, this is Jesus talking. What does Jesus say? When you fast. You know what that implies? It implies that we're doing it, right? He assumes that you're already going to do it when you fast. Right? It doesn't say if you happen to be fasting or if you're super spiritual and you decide to or if you're optionally feeling like it on a day. It says when you fast, Jesus doesn't give us an option. He assumes that we will be fasting as a part of our Christian life. 
So that's why I want to start with that. Some instructions from Jesus. I want us to start by blowing our minds open by knowing that Jesus expected you to fast. Jesus expected you to fast. In case you think there's something specific to the audience that Jesus was talking to you right here. Actually, if you look throughout the whole Bible, pretty much everybody had fasting as a part of what they did to experience God. You see, the first part of the, the Bible, you have the Old Testament with the Jewish people who were constantly fasting and praying for every situation. Whether it was an enemy that was coming to invade them, whether they had come away from God, whether there was a disease over them. I was thinking about that. It was like reading a bunch of stuff on fasting this week. It was like, man, like whenever there was a disease, the first thing that the, the church community did was fast and pray for God to, to, to see a breakthrough of that. I don't think we've done that, you know, this, this disease, right? We're just like, oh, that's just how things are, right? Instead of thinking, man, well, apparently fasting and praying in the Bible can make a difference and change things. You see Moses fasted for 40 days in order to see God. You see Jesus fasting. And then you see the apostles in the early church fasting as a regular part of their rhythms. And even past the Bible, you study the early church fathers and mothers. They had fasting as a regular part of the rhythms of their life. For the last 2,000 years, the church has been fasting as a regular part of what they did. You see, people God throughout history understood that fasting is a normal way that we see God. It's a regular way that God has, get this, created you to be able to seek Him. Right? You hear me? God created a need a need within you to be able to give up something you love in order to get something that you need more. Okay? God created you to need fasting in order to experience in the same way you need air to be able to breathe. You need relationships to be able to function. You need prayer to be able to connect. Same way you need fasting in order to experience more of God. Right? Fasting's not an optional add-on, like you're super spiritual. It's the expectation that God has on us. Even if we hate it, we may not like it. But this is what I see in the Bible. I'm reading the Bible. I'm like, man, this is what, this is what it seems like God says over and over. So I got a definition I want to read for you. I heard another pastor say this. This isn't mine, but I thought it was so good. Fasting is giving up something that you love because you love Jesus more. Giving up something that you love because you love Jesus more more. Fasting is deciding to abstain, to go without, right? To say no to what you want, 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 what your flesh wants, and instead to fill yourself with something even better. To say yes to the Spirit of God when your flesh is saying, no, 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 feed me, tell me, give me what I want. Instead, God is saying, here, fill me, fill you with me instead. Fasting, giving up something that you love because you love Jesus more. And here's the thing. When we think of fasting, we usually think of giving up food, right? I got some news for you. That's exactly what it means. That's what you're hoping for, right? The most common meaning in the Bible is giving up food. Pretty much 99.9% .9 of the times that it says fasting, it means they were giving up food. Okay? 
And does that mean that you can't fast from other things? Of course not. We can definitely fast from other things. I just want to give you an overarching theme that throughout the Bible, when you see the word fasting, it wasn't like they were just like turning off the TV. They actually literally meant we're going to not, we're going to abstain from food, right? Throughout the entire Bible, that's what they meant. You can fast from other things. I mean, for some of us, fasting from social media would be more painful than giving up breakfast. Right? I would rather not eat food, okay? Just like, let me have my phone still, okay? That would probably be easier for some of us. But So maybe we need to, you know, kind of work through that, figure out what, what we should do. But And fasting from social media, television, you know, going out to eat, whatever it is, those things are good. We should definitely add that as a part of this. But I want to definitely challenge you, especially if you don't have, like, a medical reason, that you shouldn't be fasting. You definitely talk with the doctor yourself, that kind of thing. Um, or if you're young, kid, pregnant, you know, maybe you have a history of like eating disorders, things like that. There are reasons why you should be hesitant, maybe get a doctor's opinion, talk with one of us as the pastors. But for the majority of us in here, food should be like at least part of it, right? It can be more, and that's not to shame you if you can, right? Like, like man, I'm not a full human. This I have this. Like, I have to take medicine with food. That's totally fine. That's 100% okay. It's not about the legalism of it, right? It's about the heart. So we're going to talk about food in here. But if that doesn't apply to you, please do not feel like, man, like I'm less than what Pastor Ken's talking about. Not at all, right? We definitely and, if, and come and talk with me. We can definitely talk about more specific stuff afterwards. But as we talk about fasting, when you fast, Jesus is meaning, he was implying they were fasting from food. And whether we like it or not, that seems to be an intrinsic connection, right? Our stomachs somehow are connected to our hearts. In some way, when we deny our flesh, when we deny what we want to eat, somehow it opens up our hearts to be able to experience God more, right? And at this moment, you may be terrified and be thinking, I cannot go without food for 21 days. <laughs> Who does a 21-day fast? That's impossible, okay? And I just want to let you know and set your minds at ease that this fast is spread out over 21 days. That doesn't mean that you don't eat any food for the 21 days, okay? Uh, most of us will not be doing that. Um, there are some people that do, and it is actually possible. And Brandon was telling me a couple of years ago, a guy he knew fasted 40 days with just water, right? Like twice in one year, right? So it is possible, like, right? Physically, and you get spiritually, uh, supernaturally strengthened, but more importantly, you should be called to do that. You should be like seeking into God. And for most of us, if you're starting out fasting, I would probably recommend that not be what you choose to do. But there are multiple ways that you can fast. And I have a few options giving you like that teaching breakdown here. Uh, you can start, so you can start with, uh, oh, you can start, I can give the one option is you can just have water. You can do just water fast for 24 hours. And you do like one day over the next 21 days, every Monday, I'm just gonna do 24 hours of just water. Believe me, you will survive. You will think you will die, but you will survive, okay? It is possible, right? That's one way of fasting. Or maybe you'll do juice every lunch for the next 21 days, right? Instead of eating a meal that you would really enjoy, you're gonna buy the green goddess, okay? And most of us have never eaten a green thing in the last like two years, right? So it'll be really good for you anyways. But then you'll, instead of 
eating your normal meal, you'll fill it with one of these juices. Another option is what's called the Daniel Fast. Take grains, vegetables, fruit, that kind of thing. And you eat that, maybe you'll do that for the whole 21 days. You say, I'm gonna cut out meat and sweets and caffeine for the next 21 days. If you cut out caffeine, we will all know. So you'll be really crazy, right? So it can look totally different ways. You can skip one day a week. You know, you can fast for one day. You can fast for three meals. You can fast two meals. You can fast one meal for the whole week. Uh, for all three weeks, you can do uh, from sun up to sundown. You can do 24 hour periods. All this to be said, it's very flexible. You getting that, right? It's not like a one fits all, right? We all are at different places. And so we all need to find a place of how we fast. And people ask me all the time, how do I know? Well, I'm gonna tell you. You should find something that you are uncomfortable with. Uncomfortable. Like if it's really easy, probably should be a step further, go a step beyond what you're comfortable with. Now this is important, we are not fasting to harm us, right? It's not in some way where the more pain you are in is the better, no, not at all. It should feel uncomfortable, we're giving up comfort, right? And so it should feel uncomfortable, but it should not be harming yourself. And that goes with fasting from other things too, besides food, right? You're like, I'm only gonna watch seven episodes a night instead of eight. Okay, maybe you could go a little further than that, okay, right? So I want you to think about what you can commit to during this time, during the next 21 days. I'm gonna have, we have all these resources I'll talk about them at the end, help you guide you through this. But I want you to think about what you can commit to and remember that your fast doesn't have to look like you're the person next to you. It probably shouldn't. You should probably not be guided by trying to impress the person next to you or trying to match the person next to you. It should be particular to you, okay? Um, and as you decide on all this, here's the important thing. Fasting isn't just giving up. This is the most important thing. It's not giving up. It's filling that time, that energy, with more of Jesus, okay? We're not just going on a diet. Right? Even though maybe some of us need it or we'd be like really happy with losing some weight or something like that. But that's not why we're doing this, right? We're filling that time and space with more of Jesus. So you take 30 minutes, right? When you would normally eat your lunch, instead you drink this and you go for a walk and pray for 30 minutes every lunch for the next 21 days, right? Or maybe in the morning when you would have normally spent time cooking and eating breakfast, you just skip breakfast and you spend that time spending extra time with God and prayer and scriptures, right? Or maybe you take that money that you would have spent on eating out at a restaurant and instead you give that to someone who needs it, right? Uh, you take the time you would have watched an episode on Netflix instead you can spend some time in prayer and in worship music, right? Remember, fasting is giving up something you love because you love Jesus more, right? Fasting is not a diet. It's not a way to look super spiritual. It's not harming yourself, right? It's not taking a break from something that is sinful, right? Over the next 21 days, you're not gonna say, I'm gonna fast from stealing. No, you should already not be stealing, okay? That's not a fast, that's not a spiritual fast. That's just being in sin, okay? Right? And finally, fasting is not taking a break from things that you do regularly anyways, that you don't do regularly anyway, sorry. So for instance, if Brendan was like, hey, I'm gonna take a break from running over the next 21 days. I'd be like, Brendan, I don't know how often you run. Well, I'm fasting from it, okay? That's not a fast, okay? No, instead, it's something that you do regularly that you enjoy that is good 
from God, and instead you're replacing that more of Jesus. So, what's God going to do with it? He's going to answer that desire. He's going to fill you with more of him. You're going to experience more of his presence than you ever have. I've experienced this so many times personally. Let me tell you, he takes that little step of faith. You're like, I don't even know if I can give up a cup of coffee every day, right? You're thinking that's like the hardest thing in the world. And as you do that, if you spend that time instead with more of Jesus, he's going to take that little step of faith. He's going to multiply it times 100. You're going to experience more of his presence, more breakthroughs. He's going to be speaking to you. And you're not even going to want to stop, right? We're going to have to like force you, like start eating again. Well, probably not force it, but yeah. Um, and Jesus is going to draw close to you, and I, I just feel like if we do that together as a church community, how much more will we be experiencing Jesus here and see him pouring out into our community? Whew, it's me excited just to think about that. What could happen if we experience that here in New Life Rogers Park? So here's what I want to give you above and beyond all the logistics. I just gave you like a a college class on fasting or something, right? We can talk more about that. There's like tons of scenarios and specifics. But more important, I want to give you the why. What happens when I fast? What actually happens when I fast? I'm just like, you're hungry. What actually, why do we do this? I've got three things for you that happen when you fast. Three things that change when you fast. Y'all ready for this? Hooray. I'm going to speak to you from now on, all right? You're the only one that's ready. Everyone else is like staying behind. All right, look with me at the book of Daniel, chapter 10. Daniel, chapter 10. Daniel was a prophet. He was a man that was seeking after God's heart. Him and his people had been taken captive by an enemy kingdom. And they ended up in this place far from home. And while he was there... Look what happened. Daniel chapter 10, verse 1. In the third year of Cyrus, king of Persia, a revelation was given to Daniel, who is also called Belshazzar. His message was true and concerned a great war. The understanding of the message came to him in a vision. At that time, I, Daniel, mourned for three weeks. I ate no choice food. No meat or wine touched my lips. What is this? Uh, Daniel fast, right? That's where we get Daniel. Several times in the book of Daniel, see, like, that's where we get this from. Daniel's way of fasting. He cut out all choice food and no meat or wine touched my lips. I used no lotions at all until the three weeks were over. How long did he fast? Three weeks, which is how many days? Whoa, look at that. Connect James. All right, so here's Daniel. He's minding his own business, and he has this crazy vision this crazy vision where he sees this massive war happening. And he's so distraught over this that he decides to fast and pray and ask God for guidance on what it means. Now, I imagine this war looked a little bit something like this. Right? This is probably what he saw in his brain, okay? A vision. He, imagine if someone from 3,000 years ago saw like a Star Wars battle. Like, what would they think, okay? That's probably what he saw, okay? Something like this, okay? And so it's blowing his mind. He's so concerned by what this means, so he decides, I need an answer from God to understand. So I need guidance, I need clarity, so I'm going to fast and pray in order to understand what this vision means. So he's fasting, he's praying, he's going through the Daniel fast. 
right? He's like, I'm going to create something that everybody will use forever. And the scriptures tell us that at the end of his 21st day of fasting, after 21 days, an angel appears, right? An angel. I mean, talk about an answer. What if at the end of our 21-day fast, an angel appeared to you? You mean, you'd be thinking you were eating not enough food, right? You're like, I am seeing things now. Or I'm in a coma, right? You, you would be wondering what is going on. And clearly Daniel was overwhelmed, terrified like, like we would be. And the angel says this, verse 12. Do not be afraid, Daniel. Since the first day that you set your mind to gain understanding and to humble yourself before your God, your words were heard, and I have come in response to them. But the prince of the Persian kingdom resisted me 21 days. Then Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me because I was detained there with the king of Persia. Now I have come to explain to you what will happen to your people in the future, for the vision concerns a time yet to come. So we're not going to get into what the vision is and all that stuff. That's a whole other time. That's not the main point of this story. What I'm telling, I want to tell you with this story, you catch all of this. He had this crazy vision, the Star Wars vision, right? And then he doesn't know what it means, so he fasts and prays for 21 days. Little does Daniel know, behind the scenes, in the spiritual world, what did the angel say? He tried to come to him on what day? The first day. Like he starts praying and fasting, and the angel's like, I'm on my way. Apparently, in the spiritual world, there was some sort of battle, like Star Wars battle kind of thing, and he, and he tries to get there, but it says the Prince of Persia, that's a demonic influence, kept the angel from getting there. I'm not making this stuff up. It's in the Bible, okay? You're like, this is crazy, right? That's how what the Bible says. It says that the angel could not get to Daniel because he was opposed by a demonic influence, and so he had to battle him. And he was stuck there until he called some reinforcements and was finally able to break through on the 21st day and get to Daniel. Daniel didn't know all of that was happening. All he knew was that he had to fast. And he kept fasting for 21 days until he got the answer. Here's a question I have for us. How many of us, how many of you is this true for? You need an answer to something. You feel like Life doesn't make sense. You want a breakthrough, but you get nothing. Right? Do you know it took 21 days of fasting? Daniel fasted 21 days before the angel got through to answer his prayer. The angel literally tells him, since the first day you started the fast, I've been working to get to you. But 21 days as the battle kept going until I was able to hear. How many of you are not getting the answer that you need in your life? Because you haven't even started the process. Right? It's like Daniel's fast kicked off this whole spiritual war that was happening, this battle, all this stuff. I mean, if he wouldn't have started the fasting and praying, none of that would have happened, right? It all started because he started to fast and pray, and then the angels started to come to give him the answer. You see, we actually live in this giant war that's being waged in the spiritual all around us. The kingdom of darkness, the Bible talks about, which is Satan and demons. And the kingdom of light, which is angels and God and Jesus, right? And there's constantly this battle going on. And the spiritual and the physical world are closely connected. Closely connected. We like to think that they're not, or that's just like fake, like a made-up thing. But I'm telling you, they are closely connected. The spiritual world actually has more impact on the physical than we even imagine. 
And the Bible actually says the spiritual is more real than the physical. We may be able to see everything here right now. But the Bible says that the spiritual world is more real. The Bible says that when you get married, in the spiritual reality, you are united into one person. It says that the spiritual reality when someone gets married is more real than even the physical reality. Right? The Bible says that angels and demons have more influence on this world than even the most powerful earthly kingdom or president or king. Right? And prayer and fasting actually has an impact on this world more than we ever could. When we engage in that battle, when we start to fast, the spiritual world is moved. Things change. And this is the first thing I want you to see. When I fast, things change in the spiritual world. When I fast, things are moved in the spiritual world. Angels start trying to get to you. Demonic possessions that have taken a hold of your family for generations get broken. Temptations that have destroyed you for years and years have no more power. And neighbors who are captivated by darkness, who don't know that there's a God who loves and cares for them, are able to come alive. We have to start here. We have to know that fasting actually changes things. We have to believe that. Right? We have to believe that things move because we fast. And like I said, the spiritual world, intimately tied to the physical world. Connected. If you take a second read to the Bible, look at things like healing, miracles, provision, guidance. It all happens because something in the spiritual world moved. Right? Which brings me to the second reason why you fast. Number two, when I fast... Things change in the physical world, right? Number two, when I change, when I fast, things change in the physical world. Look at me. Look with me at cha Acts chapter thirteen. In this section of the Bible, we're hopping around a little bit today. The church has been steadily growing since Jesus came back to life. He left the apostles behind. They started like making disciples, preaching, raising up the church. And it was growing in Israel, but. They had started to experience so much uh, persecution. So many people were getting killed for their faith. Some of the apostles were getting killed. It says that uh, some of them were executed. And so the church was concerned. Like, what are we supposed to do? Where are we supposed to go? Why, why is this happening? So it says in Acts 13, verse 2, While they were worshiping the Lord and what? Fasting. While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. The work to which I have called them. Verse 3. So after they had fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them and sent them off. Acts 13, verse 2 and 3. So apparently they were fasting and praying and asking God what to do. And what happens? God speaks. God speaks and tells them, I want you to send out Saul and Barnabas. Saul and Barnabas, these two uh, leaders in the church, I want you to send them out. I want you to set them apart for me. And you know what happens because of that? How about us right here? Because because of that, they went out and started planting churches outside of Israel. It was the first missionary journey. They started planting churches all over the Middle East. Paul started writing letters to these churches, which became part of our New Testament, the Bible, right? These letters that we read. And then the church grew for 2,000 years, and we're sitting in this room today because that group of people fasted and prayed and asked God what to do, and he gave them a plan that was far beyond themselves. 
was to say, hey, I'm going to send these two out, and they're going to start something that you don't even understand. And we're here today because of that. You see how fasting changes things in the physical world? Right? So maybe you're saying this morning, this fast is the time for you to seek God for a miracle. Maybe you need a breakthrough in your family, your family situation, right? Maybe you need a new job, the one you had doesn't pay enough for it. The boss is unhealthy, <laughs> say by the least, right? And fasting can move things. Or maybe you've been addicted to a drug or pornography. You're like, man, I don't even been so, I've been on this so long, I don't even know how to get off of it. Fasting can bring a breakthrough. Or you just need to know what to do with your life. Anyone? Anyone? Like, I just need to know what to do, God. I need some guidance. Like, that is literally what these guys are asking God. Fasting changes things in the physical world. Does fasting guarantee something will happen? Not at all. Fasting isn't like twisting God's arm. Like, hey, I'm fasting enough, so now, you know, I want a Tesla, God. Okay, that's not how it works, right? You fast and God may say, no, Michelle, you do not get a Tesla. Sorry, right? It's a bad thing to fast for anyways. But, you know, well, maybe, okay, God calls me, whatever. Uh, but, uh, you know, as we're seeking God for something, maybe God will say no to something that we're asking, right? It's not twisting his arm, it's seeking him. And we believe that fasting and prayer actually changes things in this world. As I was kind of thinking of this, I told this quite a few years ago, but if you didn't know, New Life, the reason we're here is actually because of an extended fast that happened. Quite a while ago, these guys gathered together. As you can see, they're very strange people. These were the original pastors at New Life. I don't even know what's happening there. There's Pastor Dwayne in the top, if you remember our founding pastor. Right? Um, and these guys gathered together. The church they had started down the south side was growing pretty dramatically. And they wanted to know what to do. What should we do next? It looks like you're moving here, God. We're seeing people come to Christ. It seems like we're outgrowing the space we're in. So they decided to do a 40-day juice fast. All the pastors were required to do it. You're on staff and doing a 40-day juice fast, right? So all the pastors were doing 40 days of juice. And by the way, one guy was not getting skinny. Everyone else was getting dramatically skinny, right? And they were like, what's up with this dude? I don't think he's fasting. He's like, no, I'm juicing. He's juicing everything, right? Putting hamburgers in the juicer, right? Drinking that. Like, he was juicing all right, right? So I don't know. That sounds more painful than, like, abstaining, right? But I don't know. He was doing that. So anyways, they were... Uh, they were fasting and praying for 40 days. And at the end, they even took a separate, like four or five days and went away and just in like a hotel room and just prayed and sought God. And at the end of it, the end of the 40th day, they had an answer from God. And God said, 1%. 1%. It was confirmed again and again among the pastoral team, 1%. And they said, you know, God, I think is calling us to reach 1% of Chicago. And they got so excited, they're like amazed that not, not only do you go 40 days on just juice, right? That's like an amazing thing in itself. Like, praise God, right? On top of that, God spoke and he gave them 1%. They were so excited that someone did the math. Like, 1% of Chicago, that's like 30,000 people. How are we going to gather 30,000 people? Are we going to, you know, rent? The, the soldier field, which apparently now you can buy. So, you know, maybe that is the ultimate plan. We'll go buy a soldier field, I guess. Uh, 
Because that's the only space you're going to have to gather 30,000 people together. And so they came back and they sought God a second time. They said, what does this mean? What do you want us to do? And that was when the vision came to plant churches. You're going to reach the 1% of Chicago by planting churches throughout the neighborhoods. And now this time, right now you go to the place you got multi-sites all over. Like multi-sites was not a thing 20 years ago, right? 25 years ago, it was not a thing. And so it was kind of like, oh, okay, that's crazy. So they sent out their very first location. I think it was New Life Little Village. It was like the second location, right? And they started it and they started just planting churches and God started doing a work through that and started just massively planting. We have 27 locations throughout Chicago now, 7,000 people gathering on Sunday mornings, 40 different services, and now eight international locations. All because these men prayed and fasted and asked God what to do. And he gave them a vision and a plan that was way more than they could have ever came up with. And we are here, New Life Rogers Park, because Pastor Dwayne, the crazy guy at the top there, decided, hey, I'm going to go out and plant a church too. And he started a church here in Rogers Park. God moves and changes things when we seek and fast him. Seek and fast towards him. Right? Are we at the 1% yet? No. But we're a lot further. And God's still moving, still working through his church here. The last thing I want to show you why we fast. Last thing. Number one, changes things in the spiritual world. Number two, changes things in the physical world. The last thing is, I think, the most powerful. Most powerful. Gypsy Smith is this guy. That's actually his name. I'm not making it up, okay? Some of you may have heard of this guy. I was like, man, that is like a name for a comic book or something, right? Gypsy Smith. He was a revivalist. That was when you would ride around on a horse back in the day in different cities and hold these like special events where you'd share the gospel, the good news of Jesus, and then tons of people would just accept Jesus and you'd see a huge revival in that city and then he would move on to the next city, right? So Gypsy Smith would do this and he would ride around to different cities, but he was known for doing something so strange. When he would get to a city, right outside the city, he would draw a circle on the ground and he would step inside that circle. And then he'd start to pray and he would pray this way. He would say, God, bring revival to this city and start inside this circle. One of the most important things, the most powerful things that is true about fasting, let me tell you, that God wants to do in you through fasting is when you fast, God will change you. When I fast, God changes me. Let me tell you something that's so powerful. The most important thing that God can do in your life isn't giving you the most amazing job in the world, isn't provide you the most amazing relationships, right? It isn't even give you a breakthrough from that addiction you have. That, those things are great and so good, but that's not the most important thing that God could do. The most important thing that God could do in your life is that you can have more of Him, more of His presence. And you may not feel that way, you may not believe that, you may not think so, but I'm telling you, that is the greatest thing that God could give you. And all those other things will be impacted. That starts in the heart, right? The circle. If that's impacted, everything else starts to get impacted in your life. And that's the greatest thing God could do through a fast. Is change you. Is allow you to experience more of Him. Man, if that could happen, more of His presence in your life, let me tell you, that's what fasting is guaranteed to do. I'll give you a pastoral guarantee, okay? If you don't feel it, then I'll give you 21 more days of fasting, okay? Uh, not only do the normal 
uh, you get the normal amount of interchange, right? You're, you're giving up time and getting more of God. So you get more relationship naturally. But God takes that little step of faith and he multiplies it. He blesses it. He gives you more of his presence. He multiplies it, multiplies it, multiplies it. I'm telling you, you'll start to experience some of the deepest times of God's presence that you won't want to leave. Get this, you will be changed. God is calling you to himself and he wants you to look more like him. But it's going to take a little bit of denial of denying yourself in order to get to you. Look at Joel 2. It was originally written to the Jewish people, but I think it's so beautiful that it applies to us today. Joel 2, verse 12. Even now declares the Lord, return to me with all your heart. With what? With fasting and weeping and mourning. Rend your heart and not your garments. And you see, in the, back then, people would, as a sign of despair, they would just rip their clothes, right? He's saying, no, no, no. Deal with the heart first. I don't care about this outward show. Rend your heart, not your garments. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and abounding in love, and he relents from sending calamity. You desire a deeper walk with God. Do you need a breakthrough from sin? Do you want to see the world from spiritual eyes? Fasting allows us to hear and see God. And let me tell you, Bible has a lot of warnings about like how to do fasting wrong. We can talk about some of those also. But we're going to take you know this this section just to, to talk about why we should do the ultimate goal of knowing God. If you go into a fast with the ultimate goal, hey, I want to know God more. Man, that will help guide and direct you around a lot of those other things, the warnings in the, in the Bible about how not to fast, right? So we're going to give some time as we close here. I want you just to sit and pray. Okay, and you have this packet here you got when you came in. Now, I want you to take out, you know, everything that I said is like summarized and talked about. You have this little sheet here that's like the sideways one. You take the vertical one out. It has the little lines at the top, right? It says my reason for fasting. I want you to take the next. We're gonna take five minutes. We're just gonna play some some music on the computer so everyone can just participate in this. And if you didn't get one of these. Definitely uh, raise your hand. Every single person needs one. Make sure you uh, raise your hand, Corinne. Bring them around if anybody needs it. Um, and I want you to take this, and I want you to just spend some time praying and asking God and making a plan for these next 21 days. Right? I want you to write down, hey, how am I going to fast during this next scene and this next season? And I want you to sign and date it, and then I'm going to take it. No, I'm just You're going to keep it. I don't want to see it. You can hold on to it. It's just for you, okay? It's not the, you don't have to worry about, like, hey, is Pastor Galen going to check and see that I did it right? No, I, if you have questions, obviously I can talk to you. But I'm not going to, like, double check and make sure you did it, like, the way I want you to do it. This is for you and God. I want you to think about something that you will do. Remember, a step beyond what you're comfortable with. Right? Not to harm yourself, but to feel uncomfortable. Okay? Once so you write that down. And as you're thinking about that, the second document in there, you have this, uh, it's like a little thicker paper, so you can hold on to it for these 21 days. This is something we designed here at, at Rogers Park. This is just our location that has this. And this is things that we're praying and fasting over as a church over these next 21 days. And we'd love for you to join us in that and praying these things specifically over our location. And the thing that I want you to do 
is right down at the bottom, three neighbors that you are fasting to come to Christ. And it could be family members, like, you know, that live with you even. It could be neighbors across the street, coworkers. I want you to think of three people that are in Chicago here, in the in the area, not, not necessarily super far away. Definitely pray and fast for them, but I want specifically people that you can see got an impact on their lives here in the city, okay? And so take, we're gonna take five minutes, go ahead and write, fill those things out, and then we'll come back, back up and finish with communion and a song. You have been listening to New Life Community Church in Rogers Park. If you have been blessed by this message, please let us know. Now go and live a new life.